Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for smart, successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, a love and life coach. And today I'll be joined by a guest to give you an inside look at the work I do with my clients. This is your opportunity to learn through someone else's experience. They may even ask a question you have or one you haven't even thought of yet. So keep an open mind, open heart, and let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to episode number 297 of the Love Life Connection podcast. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm excited to be here with you this week. I'm really excited about today's coaching call and the topic. But before we get there, I just want to say thank you so much to everyone who has DM'd me or emailed me or voxered me or just contacted with me somehow to let me know that you've pre-ordered the book. It really means the world to me. It was such a surreal feeling like publishing the book. I mean, I know it's not officially out in the world, but like when I had to like submit it off to, you know, like Barnes and Noble and Apple and and Amazon, all that kind of stuff. It was just like, wow, it's out there. Like it's going like, you know, this train's not stopping now. And it was just a crazy, crazy feeling. So uh, something I haven't really experienced before. So it was really cool. Um, I'm really, really excited. And I'm really excited. Although, frankly, yes, a little nervous for people to read it, but mostly excited. And so thank you for everyone who has pre-ordered the book. Thank you for sharing with me that you've pre-ordered the book. If you haven't, it's definitely not too late yet. If you're listening to this episode on or around the time that this episode released, all you have to do is go to veronicagrant.com forward slash book. And that link will either take you straight to the Amazon page where you can buy either a paperback or a Kindle version, or it'll lead you actually to a link to my site where it'll then link out to Barnes and Noble option, indie books option, all those kind of things. I'm hoping to be able to do that. But at the time that I'm recording this episode, I don't know exactly what the tech is going to um, hand to me. I mean, Mercury is in retrograde as is Venus. So <laughs> I know Amazon for sure will definitely work, but I'm hoping the other ones too. Either way, veronicagrant.com forward slash book is the place to go. And if you are listening to this episode long after the book is released and out in the world, again, that will still be the link for you to go. And again, it'll take you either to that Amazon page or a page on my site that will link to places where you can buy the book. And if you did pre-order, make sure you then take the next step, which is to go to veronicagrant.com forward slash pre-order. And there you will enter your name and email and then also enter in your receipt number. And that will get you into all of the pre-order bonus goodies. So just to remind you, if you pre-order, then you will be entered to win prizes from me like candles and books and coaching with me. I haven't decided everything that I'm going to be giving away, but it'll definitely be some good stuff. 
And then everyone who pre-orders will be able to attend my workshop in March called Decoding Your Relationships. A big part of the book is where I take you through the relationship history chart, where I have you look at some past relationships and ask you very specific questions on them and then do some specific reflection just so you can help, you know, I can help you tease out some of the patterns and beliefs that might have caused some of the patterns or the relationships that you've been in and then how to apply inner child work to that. So it's a lot to do on your own, right? Because you can't see your own blind spots. And sometimes hearing examples from other people can be really insightful for your own life. And that's really the point of this workshop. So I can walk you through it in a little bit more detail than I can give in a book where you can ask me questions, all that kind of good stuff. And that's totally free if you pre-order the book. If you don't pre-order the book and you want to come to the workshop, that's totally fine. Or if you buy the book after the pre-order date, again, totally fine. Um, But tickets to that workshop will go for $49. And it's totally free if you pre-order the book. And that's like about 10 bucks, depending on whether or not you get the ebook or the paperback copy. So it's definitely a good deal. So again, veronicagrant.com forward slash book is the place that you want to go. And then the second announcement that I have is I am leading a brand new live workshop. And this one's totally free. It's called How to Do the Work and an Open House for 2022. So in How to Do the Work, I'm going to walk you through the main pillars I believe that you must have in place to make the inner work what I call real, right? So a lot of people can take bubble baths or do a meditation or like, I don't know, do like a new moon ritual. All those things are lovely and wonderful. And I highly encourage you to have a robust self-care routine. I highly encourage you to have a robust spiritual practice or like morning routine or evening routine, whatever, or whenever it works for you. But a lot of times where people get stuck is applying that into their actual life so that things actually change. So they start attracting a different kind of person and are able to be in a different kind of relationship. So if you feel like you've been, you know, doing this work or listening to this podcast or kind of doing a lot of work on your own, but little to maybe even nothing has changed, or maybe you do have a lot of awareness around your patterns, but again, nothing has really changed the way you want it to, then you're really, really going to love this workshop because I'm going to walk you through some pillars that I think are going to really help you, you know, kind of make the rubber meet the road, so to speak. And I'm also calling it an open house because I'll be sharing with you the three main ways that I'm working with clients this year. And when I, what I share in this workshop will be the most affordable ways to work with me. So I'm going to be talking about the primary way that I work with clients, which is Deep Work, Deep Love, which is my flagship one-on-one program. I'll be talking about a new program, which is Love Coach on Demand. And then I'll also be sharing a little bit about Love Incubator. You will hear about that a little bit later on as well when we do regular enrollment next month in March. Uh, However, there will be some really great deals for you to grab now if you are interested in working with me at any point in this coming year. So if you've been thinking about working with me for the past little bit, or even if you've never actually even thought about it and just assume that it's something that you can't afford or you can't do for whatever reason, I encourage you to come to this workshop because A, I think you're really going to love the content that I'm going to teach, especially if you're really wanting to make it real, so to speak. Um, But also, I think you might be surprised in the ways that you actually can fit in working with me this year. Again, if it's something that feels like it's a good fit for you. So to sign up for the workshop, head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash do the work. That's all smushed into one word. It's veronicagrant.com forward slash do the work. And we'll also have that link in the show notes. So wherever you're listening to this episode, if you just look at the episode description, you will see a link to that workshop and you can just click there and sign up right away. One thing that I do want to say that I get asked a lot when I have potential client calls is people ask me a lot, like, what's the success rate? Meaning like, okay, if I work with X amount of women, what percentage of those women will end up in a relationship? And sometimes people feel really bad about asking that question because they, I don't know, they just feel like I'm putting, putting me on the spot or whatever. I will never fault anyone for asking questions, especially when you are considering investing, um, yes, money, but also time and energy and faith and all that stuff in me. Uh, so I just want to talk a little bit about it in case you're kind of interested. And to be fair, like, it's actually really hard 
thing to measure because there's a few reasons why it's hard to measure the success rate for a few reasons. One is simply the fact that a lot of my clients don't actually meet someone while we're working together, but it sets off the inner work that they need to do in order for them to be ready for the relationship that they actually want. Uh, And so what ends up happening is we do the work and then either months, if not even a couple years later, they will meet someone and sometimes they don't tell me about it. Or they'll just randomly say, oh, by the way, I met someone like a year ago and it's going amazing and we're engaged now. And I'm like, what? You didn't tell me this? Why not? Uh, So sometimes that happens. Another thing that happens is I worked with a client, gosh, I guess it was a couple of years ago. And I asked her how she knew about me. And she mentioned another client that I used to work with. And that client referred her to me. And she was like, yeah, I just went to her wedding. And I was like, wait, what? So basically, Basically, a lot of times clients don't actually report to me when they are in a relationship, which will obviously skew the quote unquote success rate numbers. The other thing that makes it a tricky thing to measure is, well, ultimately, yes, all my clients do, at least 99% of them do ultimately want to be in a lifelong partnership. That's not always the immediate goal when someone comes to work with me. So sometimes It's that they haven't been dating in a long time and there's just so much fear around dating again that just going out on a few dates, like that's success, right? Now, are they in a relationship by the time we're done working together? Are they in a relationship a year after we're done working together? Maybe, maybe not, but like the success was to start dating again, right? So like, would that be considered a success rate? I mean, yes, but depending on how you're measuring it and what you're really asking, right? Um, Another thing that might happen is a client really wants to get over an ex or a client really wants to leave a relationship is having a really hard time doing it. Basically, what I'm saying is that it's really hard to measure success rates for all of these reasons. So I cannot ethically be like, oh, yeah, you'll definitely be in a relationship within a year of us working together because that's just not really, I mean, I don't have a crystal ball. I can't make any of those kinds of claims or guarantees because everyone has their own experience and their own things they can control, but then other things that we can't control that are just left up to fate or God or who knows, the universe or whatever. But what I can say is that if you show up and you do the work and you do the assignments that I give you and you're curious and there's like this back and forth of like, I did this and here's what I learned or here's what came up for me or I did this and it didn't really work. Can we try this another way? You know, there's like this back and forth and you're really being open and curious. And um, when there's that kind of energy, like you will have success. Now, does it mean by this measure that people often ask me by, maybe, maybe not, but you will have success in the sense that you will feel more like yourself. You will feel more, you know, I I often use this phrase of like coming home to yourself, right? So, and what I mean really by that is there'll be lots of, or a lot less self-abandonment, meaning like you won't um, say yes when you really mean no or no when you really want to say yes or whatever it is. And you'll be living your life more as if it were actually your life and really leaning more into who you are rather than like who you quote unquote should be or you think you should be in order to get someone else to like you back. That I know will happen so long as you know you you do this work and you have that open, curious mind and heart. So I hope that, you know, if you've had this question too, I hope that kind of clears some things up for you. Of course, if you have any more questions about potentially working together, this workshop will really be a great way to see if that is something that you want to do in 2022. And you can also just go straight over to veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching if you know that it's something, you know, you want to do this year. And for everyone who does sign up to work with me in February, again, I'll give you some more details about exactly how it'll work. You know, you'll get all of those you know, extended payment plans and all that kind of stuff that I'll be offering as a part of this open house that I'm doing. So again, veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching if you are interested in working with me this year in 2022 and veronicagrant.com forward slash do the work if you want to come to this workshop where I will teach you the pillars to actually making shit real and applying it and integrating it all into your life so things actually change. And also that's also where we'll do the open house where I'll share a little bit more about working together this year with some of the best deals of the year. All right, my dear, with that all being said, let's get to today's episode. And this will be a really, really wonderful episode, actually, if you are interested in doing this work, you know, at the next level, because, you know, Sarah has a pattern where I'm sure many of you can relate, and that is codependency. Her emotions and feelings 
are really tied to whether or not, you know, someone likes her back or if she's in a relationship, all that kind of stuff. And so while the specific events and the specific experiences Sarah had are most likely not the same thing you had because everyone's different and had their own experience. So as listening to the episode with Sarah, what I'd love for you to do is to ask yourself the questions that I'm asking her. Now, obviously, again, her answers and experiences will be different, but the actual process that I'm taking her through will still be very, very applicable no matter what your background or experiences are. And hopefully that can shed some light on maybe some next steps for you, connect some dots. And I think we'll just, again, be overall super helpful. And then we'll make the how to do the work workshop that I'm doing next week that much more powerful. So all right, without further ado, let's get to my coaching call with Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the show. How can I help? Hi. I've been listening to your podcast a lot and I find them super insightful and I just thought I would reach out. I have a, I don't know, my, my single history is very interesting. I go through long periods of time of being single and then I go into these long-term relationships, mm-hmm. kind of, and they get pretty intense. So I'm not a serial monogamous by any means, but I find when I get into these relationships, the, thing, the downfall for me is that I tend to default into a codependency. Mm-hmm. And that is what ends up destroying me at the end as well, because then I have to like rebuild and, and, and it takes a long time. I'm a very emotional person as well. So I'm very in touch with my emotions, but I think I have a really good handle, especially nowadays. I don't feel like I'm out of control, but it's weird. The types of people that I tend to attract and get into these relationships with, because they end up also trying to sort of reign control over me. And then that's when I start to feel a little claustrophobic. Mm-hmm. And I start to react and I'm trying to decide that if that's me and my codependencies that tend to arise out of it. I'm always reading up things about how to maintain your independence, but, but I feel like there's an essence of natural progression and, and a state with, with the right relationship. So maybe that's the struggle because they've all been wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot of the clickbaity advice out there is like trying to help you keep the relationship you have. And I'm thinking, well, what if that relationship freaking sucks? So, <laughs> right, 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 right. Okay. Let me, let me just ask you, this is might be a totally left field question or out of left field question. Um, so you said that you are very emotional in touch with your emotions. Were you ever told that like you were overly emotional or were your emotions uh-huh. shut down when you were, oh, when you were a child? <laughs> Not okay. by my parents. I've had an amazing upbringing from my family, my parents, but okay. schools, like teachers specifically. I mean, I can pinpoint the demise of my, my confidence when I was very young. I've always been quite shy and introverted um, naturally. But the funny mm-hmm. thing is now people are very surprised when they hear that I'm naturally shy, which I mean, maybe I'm not anymore, I guess. But yes, yeah, I've been told I'm too much of everything always. <laughs> okay. Okay. So what kind of inner child work have you done before, if any? Um, morning pages. I, I did that okay. a lot. Yeah. Um, automatic thought records. Um, I've had plenty of therapy, which is amazing. I continue to go for therapy sessions on various topics and subjects. Uh-huh. Meditation. Okay. 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 So yeah. when you were told that, what were you told? You were told you were too much, too emotional. What What specifically were you told? Uh, I guess I'm just, maybe I take things too seriously. I'm overly sensitive. And there was a lot of comparisons as well with, with siblings at schools when I was younger as well. Um, my sister was an overachiever academic and I'm more of the creative type. So that was the biggest one, the biggest one. That was like the defining factor of the rest of my, how, how I navigated life kind of thing. Okay. Um, I was told that I'm, I don't know, I guess I, I'm just... Okay. So let, we don't have to rehash everything, which is the good yeah. news about coaching. Okay. So what is the main belief or story that you took on as a result of being told that, you know, you're too sensitive, too emotional? I guess I'm not good enough in general, just not being good enough. And is that you surmising what you probably thought, or is that like channeling your inner eight-year-old and that's really what she believed? I think it's the inner child. Okay. Okay. So your inner eight-year-old self just didn't feel good enough because whatever she felt or did was always wrong and or subpar to her sister. Does that yes. feel correct? 
Can I actually add something to that? Sure. As, as a result, I even now, I'm not a rule breaker. I don't like breaking rules. I, I'm happy to challenge to a point, but I don't like getting in trouble, <laughs> you know. Okay. So that might also play a part. So from from when I was a child, I would just be on my best behavior all the time because I was already being told all kinds of things. Okay. So I wouldn't want to rock the boat. Okay. So you wouldn't want to rock the boat. I just make sure I understand. You wouldn't want to rock the boat because that would further add to something being wrong with you. Correct. Okay. 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 All right. So let's fast forward. We're going to put a pin in this. We're more than likely to come back to in a moment, but let's just fast forward to present time. Not necessarily this moment, but like in your adult relationships, mm-hmm. um, what is the feeling or belief that you get from these relationships, at least at first, when they seem great at first, that you can't feel or believe on your own? I guess I get smothered because it almost, it starts out with these whirlwinds. I'm, I'm almost certain that my last two relationships were narcissists. Uh-huh. <laughs> so definitely the love bombing for sure. More so the last one, it was absolutely disastrous. Can you can you repeat the question again? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So um what is the feeling or the belief that being with these people in the beginning, what feeling or belief can that relationship help you generate that you can't feel or believe on your own? Oh right. I guess um I'm always sort of looking for a sense of safety. Oh yes, now I now I kind of recall it's kind of like I think be- stemming from that eight-year-old not feeling good enough, I've always been sort of searching to be saved, I suppose. Emotionally okay. safe, financially safe, taken care of, all that kind of stuff. And then at the same token, it's always, I mean, I feel dif- I feel slightly different now and obviously more confident and independent, but it's been, it's been a lot of, um, it's just been a lot of uncertainty and kind of a temporary thing that I'd be going through until I found that person that would just take care of everything. Okay. 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 So then um, I can say that you outsource your sense of safetyness. Yes. Yes. And that that I I don't want to do that. Okay. Okay. So just from a very objective, I just want to make sure everything's super clear. Dots are connected, all that kind of stuff. Um, From a very objective point of view, it's very easy to see how you can get into codependent relationships when there's a part of you that just wants someone to come in and save you from your life. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yes, exactly. So I know you said you've done a lot of work in therapy, all that kind of stuff, which is awesome, but what kind of inner child work have you done before? Well, I guess the morning pages, does that count as inner child work? Well, it depends what you're, you're doing. So, so there's, I mean, right. inner child work is like one form of inner work, right? Mm-hmm. So morning pages can be, it can be whatever you want it to be. Right. Like, I mean, I think at its core morning pages, my understanding is that it's like stream of consciousness, right. You just write down whatever's coming up and, you know, you have like a designated amount of time that you write every morning. And sometimes there might be like, yeah, like old stuff from when you were eight years old coming up. And sometimes it might be like writing just everything that's going through your head in terms of like what's going on in that relationship or, it could even be like a to-do list. You know what I mean? Like it can be anything that's just coming up. Right. Right. So inner child work is more about going back to those versions of you that felt, you know, inferior to your sister or who was told by her teachers that she's too much or takes things too seriously or too emotional or whatever. And going back to those moments, it's not rehashing. So it's not therapy where you're talking about it necessarily, but you're going back to a few key moments and you're really sitting with that inner child, letting her feel whatever she needed to feel and really just letting her express whatever she needed to express and then reparenting her so that she changes the story about what happened. So the thing that happens is, you know, we go through life as a child. And sometimes there are big things that happen like divorce or death or um, physical trauma. And those things can be very traumatic, very impactful, and can really just change your life in one 
second, right? And and when those things have happened to ourselves or to those folks, it can be a little easier to pinpoint like, oh, well, this is why I believe what I believe, or this is why I feel what I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, when it's more of like micro instances, like little, just being told, like, don't think that, or don't believe that you're being too much, or why don't you be like your sister? You know, when it's like those little moments like that, that over time still can create some sort of story that you tell yourself. And so the inner child work is all about going back to those versions of you so that you shift the story. So like if the story you told yourself was that I'm not good enough or that I have to be different in order to be lovable or that my life isn't safe, I need someone to come be my rock for me or whatever the exact story is, then that's the way in which you just, that's like almost, it's it's like the glasses that you've put on and it's the way you're viewing the world. And so the work is to help her feel something different so that that she can, she meaning like your inner child, so that then she can think something different, believe something different. And then from there, take different action. So from that perspective, Mm -hmm. what's your experience like with inner child work? There's no right or wrong. I'm just trying to get a sense so that we don't. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's fine. Um, I mean, I've, I've, I've done probably light attempts at that. I, okay. I, tend to, I tend to not get distracted, but I just, for some reason, it feels like I just can't tap into it deep enough. I don't feel like I'm, I'm tapping into it enough. Okay. When I'm okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's, if you're up for it, let's, let's try and see what happens right now. Sure. Okay, great. So um, go ahead and close your eyes for me. And first, how are you feeling right now? A little nervous. Okay. And where do you feel that in your body? In my throat. Okay. And what does it feel like in your throat? Like a a ball in my throat. Okay. And on a scale of one to 10, 10 being most intense, how strongly do you feel it? Probably a six. Okay. Okay. All right. So let's just sit with that feeling for a moment. I know it's not the most comfortable feeling. We're not doing anything with it. We're not making it good or bad, right or wrong, making it go away. We're just observing, just sitting and breathing, noticing the sensation. Good. A couple more breaths. And now what I want you to do is I want you to just bring up either a version of yourself or a specific memory or just an age of yourself that comes up when you feel into just feeling, you know, too much inferior to your sister, not good enough, like that, everything we've been talking about, like what version of you really just epitomizes that? Yeah, I was bullied pretty heavily when I was 11. Okay. So that always also comes up as a main, a main one. And like this, yeah, that was completely uh, moving to a new school and oh, it was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we don't have to re- relive that memory. Um, but what I want you to do is I want you to pull up, like um, what I mean by pull up is just envision that 11 year old girl who was getting bullied, not the specific scene where she's getting bullied, but maybe like you know, her in the lunchroom after or the schoolyard or writing on the butt, you know, wherever she's like removed herself, but she's still very much feeling the pain of that. Let me know when you can see that in your mind. Okay. Yeah. And tell me what you see. Just a very lonely girl. She's trying so hard. Mm-hmm. And paint a picture for me, like where, where is she right now? Uh, I don't know, I see her sort of outside um, on, on lunch and kind of like watching everyone else get along and laugh and all the rest. And she's trying to sort of fit in. Yeah. Okay, so she's trying to fit in. She's feeling lonely. What else is she feeling? Just hopeless, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And weak. And can you feel those feelings in your body right now? Very much so. Okay. And where do you feel them? Also in my throat. Okay. Nervous, anxiety. Okay. And 
On a scale of one to 10, how strong are you feeling it right now? Probably an eight. Okay. Okay. So just like we did before, let's just let those emotions be there. We're not trying, again, we're not trying to suppress them. We're not trying to make them go away. We're not trying to do anything really, except let them just be there and ride, ride, their, ride its course. Hmm. Let me ask you this. Does she have any anger? Yes. She, she, if it's not anger, like, yeah, she, there's definitely a temper. If it's not anger, it's, it's very deep sadness. Yeah. Yeah. Who's she angry at? Partly herself and then, and then projecting from the other people that are sort of bullying. Okay. Outside of herself, who is she angry at? Mm. I guess, I guess the, the kids, mm-hmm. her peers. Mm-hmm. Anyone else? I, I can't really, I don't think so. Okay. Um, just being curious, not suggesting anything. Is she angry at either her parents or the teachers for not protecting her? Not angry at the parents, but maybe just frustrated because also, I mean, she feels she can't go to the teachers because it'll make it even worse yeah yeah so just frustrate the situation i guess angry at her close friends that she thought were close that they're not helping out more mm-hmm. instead of standing back yeah yeah okay okay and tell me about how this anger feels like does it feel like can you just kind of feel it? Can you feel it a lot? If you feel like if you went into it, would it just like start coming out uncontrollably? Like, what does it feel like? Uh, yeah, it, it feels like it could be sort of an impulsive burst. Like okay. you just want to sort of just scream <laughs> into a pillow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that might be a really good thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> that'll be a, that'll be an assignment for sure. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Okay. So let's go back to little girl, um, your or 11-year-old self. What do you wish she had been told at the time? That, she that, told? that everything will work out and get better sooner than she realizes, even though it feels like it's taking forever. Okay. Okay. So you can open your eyes for a second. This mm-hmm. is where inner child work can fall flat. Okay. Because... I don't know what your experience was like with kids or whatever, but if you tell 11 year old, like, Oh, it'll get better once you're an adult (laughs) (laughs) at 11, you're like, wait, what? I'm going to be an adult one day. Like, it's just hard to fathom. Like you, like Mm -hmm. you mentally can't process it. Mm -hmm. Even an 11 year old, even like a, you know, teenager, it's just, it's just hard to imagine yourself, like not being a kid or being a 20 year old or 30 old or whatever. So ultimately the the thing that created whatever core wound we're talking about, like however it manifested, whatever happened, ultimately the wound is all about not having the space to feel how you want to feel, right? Because kids can go through trauma and not have it necessarily impact their adult life in any largely negative ways. If they're able to process it in a way that allows them to feel what they need to feel, work through it. And you know what I mean? But so ultimately what happens is when you aren't able to process or to feel what you really feel and you kind of like talk yourself through it, or you shut your emotions down, or you make yourself wrong, you tell yourself you're not good enough or all these stories. What you really need at the time was just to like be freaking angry that there's these kids that are bullying you and there's nothing you can do because your parents don't know. And you can't tell the teachers because that will just make it worse. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so the first goal of inner child work is just to allow your inner 11 year old or whatever. Planning for your next trip, elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway. Like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Whatever age you're working with, just feel whatever she needs to feel. And so I think something that could be more effective when you do inner child work is more of something along the lines of, oh, Sarah, I am so sorry that these kids are bullying you. It's not fair. The whole situation is not fair. And I bet it makes you so angry. You must feel so angry. It must be so hurtful to be in the situation. And I just need you to know that this is not your fault. This does not mean anything wrong with you. These kids, you know, they're just projecting their own insecurities. And I know that doesn't necessarily help with how you feel right now, but I just need you to know that this isn't about you and whatever you need to feel is totally fine and totally valid because this just sucks. This is not fair. Can mm. you feel the difference between that and, oh, it'll get better. Yeah. And then when you're in that place, like imagine you're doing your morning pages from that place, then, you know, your morning pages or whatever inner work you're doing might feel a little bit more like an anger fest, you know, like doing a little FU writing or <laughs> getting you know, some choice words out down, you know, mm-hmm. like either yelling or, you know, getting some choice words on your, on your paper, but mm-hmm. it'll feel more cathartic rather than like just kind of skirting around the emotions that whether you want them to be there or not, like they're there. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So let's try this again. So go back to inner 11 year old self. So with this in mind, what would you want to tell your inner 11 year old? All of these kids are trying to fit in and this is the only way they know how to, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. You're not doing anything wrong. And it's actually completely random. If you weren't around, it would have been directed to someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, Can you speak to the emotion of what she's feeling? I don't know how to. Um, yeah, you do. You can do it. Here, I'll, I'll, I'll help. Can I help? Mm-hmm, please. Okay. This must hurt so much. This sucks. I'm so sorry. You don't deserve this. I'm here with you. You can feel whatever you need to feel. You can let anything out that you need to let out. Something along those lines. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to try? Sure. It's it's just funny. I have the tendency to say you can do whatever you want, but make sure it's not in front of them. <laughs> what do you What do you mean by that? That's the, I don't want to like. I almost feel like I'm trying to protect her from being bullied even more. Ah ah ah. Okay okay okay. So. This, this is good. So part of, well, after you feel your feelings, the next piece, and we can even do this now is to let her know that she is safe. She's not 11 anymore. She's not on the bus. She's not in the schoolyard. She's not in the class. It is safe. And this is actually pretty key for you, I think, because it's, it seems like this is part of the core wounding, the patterning that you're too much, shouldn't, you know, take things too seriously, too sensitive, blah, blah, blah. And so part of, so from what you just said, part of it seems like you shut down your emotions to not give these kids like anything else to use against you. Is, is that true? Or does Very that much seem... so. okay. try and not be so, so, so um, uh, like to try and what's the word, like not be so visible. I just yeah. want to disappear. <laughs> Right. So part of this will then be to let your inner child know that it's safe. She's not 11. 
You're taking care of her. You're there. It's safe to be seen. It's safe to have emotions. And, you know, that's not going to necessarily just like, oh, okay, great. It's safe. (laughs) After like one inner child session, it might take a little bit of time and then it'll take even more time to feel comfortable expressing emotion to others, particularly in romantic partnerships. But this is a big part of the inner child work process. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's put a pin in this. Um, okay. If you haven't already, go and open your eyes. So tell me what insights, thoughts, uh, or questions you have from, from the inner child work we just did. That, that exercise is great. Is it just, I mean, would I, would I I'd go through that exact sort of process? Yeah, pretty, pretty much, um, you know, depending on exactly what comes up might, you know, vary the specific, you know, modality or way in which I would approach it with a client. But for the most part, it's connecting the dots. So identifying where, what you feel or what you believe, where that came from. So that's step one. Step two is letting her know that she can feel safe and feel whatever she needs to feel. Um, like I said before, like that is a really big piece of inner child work and virtually all inner child wounding relates to just simply not having the space to feel how you want to feel or how you need to feel. And then from there, you can begin the the reparenting. And so we did a little bit of that because we, you know, because I had you talk to her, um, like, I'm so sorry, this isn't, this isn't right. This isn't fair. You don't deserve this. That's a little bit more like reparenting, um, which is fine. Um, sometimes like I, I do avoid using too many words <laughs> at yeah. the beginning of inner child work because it can move into like that where you began, which is it'll get better when you're an adult, you'll move mm-hmm. on and da, 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 da. Yeah. Um, but really it's feeling the feelings and then reparenting and then being able to, and this will take, this is not after just one session. This is after many weeks, at least most likely yeah. months of inner child work, which is then being able to catch yourself in those moments when you're dating, when you're swiping, when you're in a relationship, mm-hmm. whatever, and being like, oh, wait, this is actually my inner 11 year old self who just wants to be saved by somebody. She's the one calling the shots here. And then your adult self can come in and take the different set of actions rather than like what the inner 11 year old fear based right. or trigger based actions would be. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense for sure. It kind of explains the types of people that I've been getting involved with. <laughs> yeah. In what way? Um, well, I seek this kind of comfort and safety. And it's all great at the beginning, of course, as any relationship would be. But then there's a sense of overpowering control from the other side. And then and and it's almost like trying to sink hooks into me, like uh, micromanaging mm-hmm. to the point of even my character. And, um, and that's when I start to react and, and d- detach and it can go either way, either I can like try and fight for it or, well, no, eventually, thankfully, eventually I do manage to sort of my, my intuition and my body just like walks away. So that, that's, it's okay with that, but that's great. Yeah. Thank, thank God. Yes. <laughs> but it's just attracting these these people that just don't have any regard or empathy or it's just, yeah, I guess that's just trying to better manage my, myself. How much do I, I don't know, I'm, I'm talking in circles now. Well, I mean, are you, are you dating now? No. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I was going to say that I would definitely take a complete break from dating if you weren't. So that's great that you already are. And I would just really focus on you know, you you already have the, like the foundation, like you're doing the morning pages, you know, you have a therapist and you've been doing all this other stuff. So I would really, you know, all the time that you're already spending, you know, working on yourself, that's great. And I would just really zero in on allowing your inner 11 year old or whatever other age that comes up. Cause there'll be other memories that come up naturally as you, mm-hmm. as you go through these processes and allow yourself to feel just whatever she's feeling. Cause the thing is, is that like, Feeling your emotions and particularly anger is actually a pretty big deal because one, like 
old anger turns into resentment and that shit just seeps into the body and just creates mm-hmm. all kinds of wreaks <laughs> yeah. all kind of havoc. Um, yeah. The other thing that, that it does is that if we feel in some way that it's wrong or bad to feel angry or that we shouldn't feel angry or that like whatever the story might be around, you know, feeling whatever we're feeling, we're actually giving power over to those people versus being like, no, this was actually really fucked up. This was mm-hmm. really messed up. And mm-hmm. when you're allowing yourself to feel that, that anger in some ways, symbolically, it's taking your power back. I'm like, yeah, this, and like, even though you're doing it for yourself, you're not like calling these people out. You're not calling them up on the phone or on Facebook or whatever, being like, rah, rah, rah. you're, yeah. you're doing it for, for yourself, but like, that's all we're doing this for anyway. So like, it doesn't even matter that will allow you to take your, you know, your power back. And it breaks this pattern of trying to justify crappy behavior from the people that or by the people that you, that you do date. Mm-hmm. Um, because while it's great that eventually your intuition catches on, you're like, Nope, peace and out. I would love for you to be able to spot these people from a mile away. Yeah. Not even oh, like, oh, not yes, even like mess okay. with it, <laughs> but, but you, you can okay. get there. That's not rocket science. You can get there. You really yeah. can. It's just, it's really ultimately just a matter of, I mean, in my belief, it's really just a matter of of doing this work and connecting with your, your feelings in this way. And, and what's interesting is, you know, I, I feel like I would really love to see you just really lean into this creative, deeply emotional part of you. Cause when I hear someone say that that's how they are or who, at least they were when they were a kid, but then it's also hard for them to connect with their inner child that's just a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of disconnection and disassociation. Right. And, you know, sometimes I have people, we do inner child work and they're just like <laughs> feeling all the feelings right at first. And like, mm-hmm. you know, like that's great. Cause then we can just really get into it and move through it. And blah, 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 blah. and some people, and I'm putting myself in this category. It takes a little bit more time because we're like, meh, emotions don't need them, but really we do. <laughs> um, And so it will probably take some time for you to feel safe again, to be that creative, emotional, like the word emotional has had, you know, I feel like has been hijacked. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you're being emotional, you're being emotional. It's like, well, you know what? If having emotions makes you emotional, then I guess you're emotional. Who fucking cares? Uh, We're humans. We all have emotion. That's what makes us humans. I mean, Actually, that's not true. Other animals have emotions too, but mm-hmm. you know, you know what I'm, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, okay. So in addition to really connecting with the emotional side of inner child work, I would also, I love that you're doing morning pages. You said you're a creative person. I don't know if that looks mm-hmm. like for you, but whatever it is, I would do more of it. So if you were like really into singing or painting or drawing or whatever your creative spark was, Mm-hmm. I would definitely make some time for that. One thing you can just very easy question is like, what did my inner child or not my inner child? What did my child self? What does she love to do? That mm-hmm. can definitely be a great hint at getting started. And then we won't have time to go into this today, but I would be very curious to know what your relationship is like with your body, because that's where we feel emotion. That's where we really know what emotions mm-hmm. are. And also that's the place where intuition lives, all that kind of stuff. And so I would be very curious to know what your relationship is like with your body, especially with pleasure, not necessarily like sexual pleasure, but like just feeling good in the body and enjoying like, you know, the pleasures Mm -hmm. of life. I guess you could say that as part of the human experience rather than feeling bad or guilty or we shouldn't feel this, or I can't feel this, or I don't feel this, or, you know, whatever the, the story may be there. I find that our relationship with our body is, really the, um, what's the word, not the forefront, but it, yeah, it's like the place where we be- really begin to apply all of this because yeah. it's hard to like feel your emotion, but then also just like be completely disassociated with your, with your body. Does that make right. sense? Yeah, I, I do. I don't know how much, if we have a little bit of time left, I want to just tell you a certain thing that I experience sometimes I've always kind of struggled really tapping into my intuition and I'm working really hard on that and trying to trust myself more in my gut and I feel that my emotions are sort of that gateway into understanding my intuition but regardless I find sometimes that my mind will be thinking something 
Mm-hmm. And then my body will do something completely different in terms of like, I'll put it this way. I, I was getting ready for a date and I was like, no, my head was thinking, don't put on mascara. You don't know who this person, not that it makes a difference. It was just like, for me, don't put on mascara. You don't have to make yourself too showy because you don't know who this person is. You look nice anyways. They won't realize anything, but the mascara, for whatever reason, it makes you feel more showy. I don't know. But then my my body was just applying it. <laughs> so I, I tend, and, and I feel like my body is the intuition. My body is, is, is right. My head is just over calculating and, and acting out of almost like paranoia, I guess. Yeah. So that's often, um, I mean, that can be, well, I mean, that kind of reminds me of like the inner child that we were just talking about. She wanted to just not be seen to be visible. And so putting any kind of makeup on, you know, not that like putting on makeup makes you visible, whereas not having makeup makes you invisible. But I do think there is something to be said around just wearing clothes or just presenting ourselves in a way where we're just kind of hiding, right? There's like an energy in Mm -hmm. in that. And like, sometimes we're just trying to like go to the grocery store to pick up something really quick. And we do kind of want to hide. So it's not like a bad thing all the time, but like when you're going on a date and you're like, Oh, I don't want them to like notice this or see this or whatever, there can be like that energy of, of hiding. So I would say that's actually fairly related. Yeah. Our intuition's always there. It's never not there. The only reason why it's hard to hear it is when there's a bunch of other beliefs getting, getting played out. And so if there's like this really strong drive to want to be saved, then that fear is going to probably overpower everything else until there's something else that's so powerful that will make you kind of wake up and see what's really going on. And so when those relationships get bad enough to where you're like, holy shit, I got to get out of this. Only then will that overpower this fear of like, I must be saved. So this still goes back. So again, while there would be some specific things around, around the body, I do think that for you, like it goes back to the inner child work and really focusing on the emotional piece and really feeling into how your inner child is feeling and really empathizing, not sympathizing, empathizing with her and allowing her just to feel uh, whatever she needs to feel to feel safe to then feel those emotions. And I think that alone will be um, pretty, pretty, pretty yeah. powerful. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, that's great. How are you feeling? Good. That, that was awesome. Thank you. Well, my pleasure. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the show. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It was great. I appreciate it. If you like what you hear in these kinds of episodes, imagine what we could do if it was just you and me working together over many months. Listen, I know what it's like to feel stuck and hopeless in your love life. I remember throwing everything in my love life in the hopes that something will stick and I'd finally catch a break. It wasn't until I stopped changing up my profile for the millionth time or telling myself that next time will be different from the millionth time that things actually start to shift for me. In order to find deep love, you've got to do the deep work. And through my own experience of crappy dating, helping hundreds of women before you, and my expertise in inner child work, I can help you make the inner shifts you need to get the outer shifts you want. When you work with me, we dig into your past relationships, your childhood, and deep-rooted beliefs so we can unravel your relationship patterns and get you into the deep love you want to be in. It doesn't matter if you've done this kind of work for years and haven't figured it out yet, or you're newer in the personal growth space. What matters is that you're done with being where you are now and you're ready to invest time, money, and energy into dramatically up-leveling your love life. If that sounds like what you want, I invite you to set up an introductory coaching call with me so we can see if one-on-one coaching is right for you. I've got limited spots available, so please don't put this off if this is something that you want this year. Head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching to schedule your call. That's veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching talk soon. And in the meantime, let's get back to the episode. Thank you, Sarah, for coming on to the show. As always, I so appreciate your vulnerability. And listen, y'all, I am going to be doing some more podcast coaching for quarter two. So if you're interested in coming onto the show and getting coached by me for free, head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast, scroll to the bottom of the page, there you'll see a link to click about getting coached on the podcast, it'll take you to a Google form, fill the Google form out, 
and then I will email you when I am ready to schedule you. I would so appreciate your time and energy and vulnerability because I know that these calls really make this show special. So thank you in advance. All right. So as you heard, this episode took quite a few twists and turns, and there are lots of things that I'd want to dig into if we had more time, but this show is getting a little bit longer than I wanted, so I'm just going to pull out some of the most important things. But as always, I do recommend listening to these coaching calls a couple times because sometimes you can you'll you'll notice something or you'll hear something in a new way the second time around, or it's something that you missed the first time around. You're like, oh, shoot, now I really get that, or oh, now I hear that. So I always encourage listening to these coaching calls a couple times. But anyways, okay, so the first thing that I want you to get is inner child work and focusing on the emotional connection, rather than the like mental connection of like, rah, rah, you can do this. That's what's going to be most important and also most effective when it comes to inner child work. It's probably one of the most common mistakes that I notice when I'm working with my clients, they kind of feel like "Eh, inner child work just kind of feels weird, or it kind of falls flat. And a lot of times it's because that person is trying to again, be more of like that cheerleading, that coach that like you got this or don't feel this way or it'll get better. Or you're just not really emotionally in tune with the fact that you're talking to like a five year old and telling a five year old that like life will be better when they're 25. You know, five year old can't even imagine like next week, much less like something that's 20 years from from then. So really remember that if you're doing inner child work, and it kind of feels like I I don't understand what this lady's talking about. Also, one thing that will help with emotionally connecting with your inner child is letting the emotion out. So that's why you'll often hear me ask clients or people on the show if they've done any anger work, or if they have anger work, or just, you you know, really trying to tap into the emotion. And then from that place, I'm um, connecting to their inner child, I'll even have clients connect, you know, first, if they have a child with the love they have for their own child or the compassion they have for their own child or a niece or nephew or a cousin or a good friend's child, because sometimes that can help bring up some of the emotion. And then we can transfer that to the inner child, again, making that inner child work much, much more effective. The other thing that I want to point out is focusing on the connection with your body. Our relationship with our bodies is profoundly important to healing. I've been coaching for a long time. I was also a yoga teacher for over a decade. And so I feel like in a lot of ways, I've had these two parallel career tracks where I've done a lot of the coaching and then, you know, then the, then the body work part. And actually this year, a big, a big part of my growth and a big part of my own edge as a coach and, you know, and the work that I'm doing just also on myself is I want to connect more of these two career tracks that I've had and and put them into really <laughs> one career track. And so that's actually a training that I'm doing. I'm working on doing more embodiment work and I'm going to be hopefully an embodiment specialist within the year or or so, so that, you know, I can do more of this um, physical somatic kind of body work with with clients and with folks on the show. So I'm excited to share more as I as I learn more. But I will just tell you that your body does not lie. Um, if your body is telling you, you know, don't go on a date with that person or this person's bad news bears, then I want you to listen to that because your body your body knows. There was an episode, student on episode um, over the winter holidays. So over the winter holidays, my husband and I just have this thing where we watch all the Disney movies and, and Pixar too. And so one of the movies that we watched, or actually technically rewatched, was we watched Frozen 2. It's so good, by the way. People don't really like it. They're like, oh, Frozen, the original one, so much better. But like, God, the theme of what they're really saying is just so good. Anyways, so one thing that they talk about in the movie is that they, the whole, th- or one of the, like, the, core messages is that the water has memory. And so through the water, Anya or Elsa or whoever is, it's Elsa, is able to learn the true history of her kingdom's past. And it's like some uncomfortable truths or whatever. And so our body is really the same way. So you you know, you'll notice with Sarah, and then also if you do this work on your own, like if I say, okay, well, when have you felt that way before? Our bodies have memory, our bodies don't forget, our minds can forget, sometimes our minds on purpose forget things to keep ourselves safe, but our bodies remember. And so that's why like, I always wanted to trust your body. You know, if, if I have a client and they're saying like, well, I'm kind of getting this feeling, but I don't know. I'm like, I'm always going to trust what your intuition is saying. And I want you to do the same thing too. Okay, so the second thing that I want to talk about is Sarah's codependency is based on her need to feel safe. Now, I want to be super clear. It is not a problem, nor is it a bad thing 
to need to feel safe. It is, I mean, it's literally wired into your brain. If we didn't have any kind of need to feel safe, then like we'd just be doing all sorts of things. We'd never procreate and the human race would just basically die, right? So like you need to feel safe. That is not a problem. That does not make you weak. That does not make you anything that you might be telling yourself that makes you, okay? It only becomes a problem when you can't generate that feeling of safety within yourself and you need to get it from someone or something outside of you. That is unsustainable. And furthermore, it's not bad to want to feel safe from your partner, like get that feeling from your partner. But again, that person can't be your only way to feel safe. That will create some codependency. That will create probably some toxic even abusive kind of relationships if that person has that kind of control over you. So as Sarah is able to dive into inner child work in this new way, I'm really confident that she'll begin to slowly be able to generate that safety from in. That will slowly lessen the need to get it from someone else. And in fact, when she generates it from within, it's easier to spot the opposite of that in the real world because you'll be so used to what it feels like to feel safe. And then when it's like this like fake kind of safeness or this unsustainable or like or whatever, it just feels like, yeah, that's not really what I want. That feels weird. That feels wrong. I'm sensing a red flag. You may not even be able to put some logic or reason behind it. But like your body again, will be like, I recognize this. And that's the direction I'm not going. And that's all you need to know. And in fact, I'm often asked, how do you know the difference between fear and intuitive? No. And sometimes they can be a little difficult to figure out. But overall, fear is has a lot of story. You know, it's like, oh, well, if I don't do this, then blah, 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 blah. Or if I do this, then da, 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 da. So there's story. There's words attached to it. Where intuition is mostly just a yes or a no. So you might get like this intuitive no, but you're not really sure why. It doesn't really make sense. There's no smoking guns with the person or whatever it is. That's your intuition. That's your intuition saying no. Now, if you're not getting that sense, but there's just like a lot of story going on in your mind, and that's probably more fear. Not saying that there couldn't be an intuitive no there as well, but that just helps you kind of get an idea of how to know the difference. And the last thing I want to say, and this is where I'll end it because I know this episode's getting a little longer than normal. When relationships feel like a drug, they feel too good to be true. It's often because they're playing into that wound. And I would say run from those relationships as fast as you can. In fact, if I have a client and they're like, oh my God, this person and da 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 and it just feels like they need that person like a drug and it just feels like they're on this high, I'll tell you, sometimes it is hard to get them to pull back. But if you can, I would definitely run the opposite way as quickly as as you can because that is just a... That is just, I think, the number one sign that a relationship is playing into a core wound, into filling your own void when I really want you to fill that void for yourself. And I was, I had a call with a client this morning and, you know, we were just talking and I don't want to give away too much detail to protect her privacy, but I was actually just sharing my own, an own story where, you know, where I needed these guys to like me to feel good enough and when they were showing interest and I was getting texts or we had dates planned or whatever, you know, it felt so good. I was on top of the freaking world. Like life was great. Universe was on my side, all of those things. But then when I didn't hear from them or things seemed shaky or whatever, it just feels horrible. I felt awful. Like I'm a pretty career goal-oriented person. Like I've always had big goals and big things that I want to accomplish really as long as I can remember. I always loved, you know, hanging out with my friends and doing things. Like I I'm I like to do things. Like I'm an active person. I love to travel and explore and learn and 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 achieve at things. Like these are things that I think really are uh you know true to me. But when I was sourcing my worthiness to these guys and and I wasn't getting it back in those those moments it's horrible. I felt awful. Like I just didn't want to do any of that stuff. I just wanted to lay in bed and like, just, you know, numb out and scroll and, and then eventually maybe convince myself to like get up and watch a TV show. It's just, it was horrible. And it just got to a point where I couldn't live like that. Even those high highs felt so good. It ended up just never being enough. Like I needed more and more and more and more. You don't have to live like that. It's just a not fun way to live. So I really, really encourage you that if your emotions, 
each day or your worthiness each day are wrapped up in whether or not someone likes you back, I really, really hope that you you do the work so that you don't have to live like that anymore because you can feel amazing from your partner, but it can be in a very sustainable, healthy way. And that's really what this workshop and open house that I'm gonna be doing next week is is all about. Um, so I really, really encourage you, especially, you know, think of this as like, not like advanced, because there's not really a such thing as advanced personal work, in my opinion. But it's just like, if you're ready to take this to, oh God, this sounds like such vague language, but <laughs> I'm just going to say it. If you're ready to take it to the next level, and what I mean by that is really apply it. So things really begin to change in your life. I really do hope that you'll attend the How to Do the Work workshop and open house next week. Um, and then, of course, if it feels right, then you know, we can talk about how we can potentially work together in 2022. And again, during that open house, I'm going to be sharing the most affordable ways to work with me all year. And this is the only time I'm going to be offering some of these things at various pricing or um, with payment plans, all that kind of stuff. So um, if this has been something that's been on your radar or your wish list for a while, I will be talking about my flagship one-on-one program, Deep Work, Deep Love, my new one-on-one program, which is Love Coach On Demand. Um, And then of course, I will be talking about the Love Incubator. You will hear more about that later this year, next month and in April also. But again, now will be the best deal to join if that is something that you want to do. Oh, and just so you know, the Love Incubator is my one-on-one program with the group element if you're new-ish to me. And you can sign up for the workshop at veronicagrant.com forward slash do the work. All right, my dear, that's all I've got for you today. I will hopefully see you at the workshop next week. And I'll see you next week with a brand new coaching episode that I think you're really going to love. If you've got it all but love, you're ready to up level your love life and the work we did in this episode resonates, I want you to strongly consider working with me one on one. You'll never hear me say you just got to get out there more or you got to love yourself more. Working together is your opportunity for me to guide you in doing the deep work so you can transform your love life from the inside out. I actually don't care what app you're on or what your texting game is like or how many dates a month you go on. I care about doing the deep work so you can attract a deep love. I meet you right where you are, hold your hand and hold you accountable throughout the process. So if you're looping or feeling stuck in your patterns and can psychoanalyze yourself to death, I can get you to where you want to go. If you're serious about finding love in the next 12 months and are ready to invest time and money into yourself, I invite you to set up an introductory coaching call with me so we can explore if working together is the next right step for you. You can learn more and schedule your consult at veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. That's veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. Thank you so much for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. If you're looking for links or resources mentioned in the show, you can find them in the show notes at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And if you love this episode, please subscribe and rate and review wherever you listen. It really helps me to grow the show. Thank you so much in advance. And I'll see you next week for a brand new episode of the Love Life Connection podcast. And until then, sending you lots of love. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 